the ability to shift your perspective and question what you know so that you can seek the answers that you don't know. Not just about completely opening your mind to everything that's out there. You know, you do have limits. Religion and spirituality are really good examples of this. It's not woo-woo, it's not fluffy, and it's not pretty. But it's real and it's, it's something that you can actually work towards doing. Hey, Ethan. Hey, Sarah. Are you excited for this episode today? Oh, I'm excited. This one's, uh, this one hits home for sure. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I think we're both definitely feeling this one today. I think it's pretty necessary. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are feeling it. I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends and family are feeling it. So yeah. And especially with what's going on in the world right now too. I think it's just, everybody's kind of feeling it regardless. Mm -hmm. This topic's right on time. All right. So in this episode, we're going to talk about burnout when it comes to your practice, whether it's something magical or mundane, spring cleaning your mental, physical, and digital spaces, morning and night rituals and routines. And then we're going to share some of our ideas for getting back on track and allowing yourself grace when you're putting pressure on yourself. So I thought I would share something from my personal life uh, just as we get into this episode and just kind of lead us into the topic for today. So it's myself when it came to my practice when I was first starting out. So when I first started out with my practice, I was very, very serious about the days that I would do things on um, because I work with the moon a lot. And so I would always really want to do things on new moons and full moons, especially and when I first was starting out with my practice, I was like, I can never miss these days. These days are so important to me. And so it got to a point where I would be staying up really, really late on these days to do things with my practice. And I would be up so late. I was getting completely burnt out because I wasn't getting enough sleep. And then I was suffering the whole next day because I had stayed up doing all this stuff the night before just to like practice my spirituality on like that specific day for doing rituals and whatever else, divination, stuff like that. And it was not sustainable at all. And uh, I had to take a step back after a while because it was um, really draining my health trying to stay up late. And I loved staying up late for for these things to be able to like see the moon. And of course, in the wintertime, it's like it comes out way later. So I'm like, oh, I want to see the moon on these nights or whatever night it was and I was just not <laughs> not doing good things for my health because I was I was pushing myself to practice a lot and it was just getting so tiring yeah you were really burning the candle at both ends there I know that you had a lot of artwork too that you were doing at the time a lot of commissions you know trying to throw in a, a very strict regime or regiment into your spirituality probably was uh yeah burning at both ends there oh totally yeah especially because when I would stay up late to do things and I, I like I really love working late at night like it feels quiet it feels like I can I can do whatever I want to do and I'm not being like inundated by emails or text messages and just generally people being awake at the same time so I really like that quiet time to do stuff but at the same time just doing that staying up late and then the next day suffering for it and then trying to work and like go about my my normal life it was just it was just too much it was uh definitely weighing on my health yeah I could I could see how that would I mean sleep is such a an important thing Um, especially like maintaining a sleep schedule I think is is really important I don't know about you, but uh, I've definitely done a few jobs with shift work where you're flipping from days to nights or early mornings to really late shifts. Um, and the, the infamous clopen, close open. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, those, those destroy you. And, and if, you're, if you're not getting the right amount of sleep at a regular interval, 
yeah, it can, it really throws you out of alignment. But, uh, yeah. did you do anything to, to fix that? Uh, yeah. And like, before I go on, I can totally relate to that because I used to work at a liquor store and there would be shifts where I would be working until two in the morning and just having those nights and then only having one day in between before you go back to a morning shift. Like it is just so hard on your body. And like, it's not always realistic for people, especially when they have such a, a work schedule that is kind of all over the place. So it, it is difficult depending on your life situation for keeping yourself in check with your health and your sleep and everything. I, I can totally get why it can be very hard for people. Um, <laughs> but I forgot your question. What was your question? Oh, well, you were saying that uh, when you first started practicing, you you would uh, end up staying up a lot later so you could do all your stuff on to align with the moon phases at night. But you right. get up really early. So yeah, I can only imagine like the impact, the toll that that would take on you. And I was just wondering how you what you did to balance that out. Yeah. So actually, the waking up early didn't start until kind of after I had slowed down with my practice or at least not been staying up so late at those nights. Um, because we did get into a regular workout schedule. So having that um, as part of the routine to then encourage me to go to sleep earlier has definitely helped. So it was super beneficial to actually be like, okay, how's my routine looking? Like, is there anything that I can do to fix what's going on and then balance out my sleep and just adjust that part of my life? So not only did the routine actually help my sleep it also helps with our exercise too and and uh do you still do your your uh moon phase things <laughs> <laughs> my moon phase things yeah i do um but i don't push myself to stay up super late and if it's a case of um like i really like working in our living room for like my meditations, divinations and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's a shared space. I like it because I can see out our front windows and I can see the moon and just the the scenery and stuff, which I can't actually do where my altar space is. So working with a shared space, I either will go downstairs and like start my stuff early in my studio and then where my altar is. Or when I do finally come up here when my wife has gone to bed, I won't stay up as long as I used to. And when I am getting tired, I'm like, okay. I think it's a lot to, um, I don't try to push myself with what I'm trying to squeeze in in the evening when it comes to these these nights. And I try to just like give myself a little bit more slack for sure and not be like, okay, I've got to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G <laughs> all tonight with my practice I'm like okay I can like do this tomorrow or whatever and just kind of laying off myself honestly I was getting in my own way for sure and that was causing burnout that's awesome I like I like that I like what you said about giving yourself slack and not being so stuck on getting ABCD done I think it's yeah. really good especially if you're trying to get better at something you know uh the best way forward is just to take one step at a time. And sometimes you'll take five or six steps. And other times you might just take one step. And But that's still one step closer to where you want to be, right? Yeah. You know, I've actually heard something really interesting, too, when it comes to athletes. And that's that, you know, there's this thought that you have to be practicing all the time and, like, physically working at the thing to get better. But um, take a look because it's, it's actually interesting science that when people have a healthier sleep schedule, when they're trying to practice something, actually being able to sleep and your body um, kind of, <laughs> this isn't the right word, but like practices it while your body is recovering and kind of that muscle memory recovers while you're sleeping too. And then it actually improves what you're doing when you are awake. Totally. Yeah. There's some amazing things that happen when you're sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys want to get into 
sorry, my my first field of study was in health science. So I kind of get really nerdy about this stuff. But if you want to get into <laughs> how your body completely flips 180 in what it does at night, it's insane. It's it's super interesting. Yeah. And the other thing too, because we're talking about sleep and burnout, um, like your, your circadian rhythms too is a big thing. Like your, and your routine affects that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get what you mean about uh, putting pressure on yourself to do certain things every day or have to do them all the time. Um, I think a lot of people go through that. I think it's easy to get swept up in, in uh, hustle culture, I want to say. Uh, that was a really big thing over the past few years was, you know, you're not successful or you're not good at something unless you hustle. They almost glorified the burnout process, you know, overworking yourself, not sleeping, you know, not doing anything for you, not doing anything fun, never taking a break. Like you, you can't be good at this thing unless you're hustling 24 seven. It's terrible, terrible mindset. Oh, totally. And I absolutely fell into that too, because like, um, not related to witchcraft, but when it comes to graphic design, when I was still doing work for clients, um, more often I got really into following this one lady that was just always doing stuff. And I felt so, I guess, like I was underperforming all the time. And she would say things like, oh, you know, if you're taking days off to watch Netflix, you're not doing the things. You're not doing the work that you need to do to get to where I'm at. And it's like, when you see somebody's success, I think, or whatever their outer appearances that they're sharing with the world, it can feel very intimidating to then take a break and actually like step back and say, I need to rest. And it's important to me and my health to do this. Yeah, exactly. And just to touch on that point you made about that person, that individual saying, you know, you're, you're not doing the thing or you're not working hard enough. And it's, it's easy to see people for what they put online but you don't know their, their life circumstance. You don't know how they started. You don't know how they like got to the middle or how they got to where they were. Right. I mean, your beginning is, is completely different than theirs. And you can't let them tell you that you're not working hard enough. Like, obviously you got to put in a lot of work when you're starting out because you got to get your footing into whatever you're into. But I mean, it takes time to build on your practice or your craft and you might have different life circumstances. And like, like you mentioned in, um, in a previous podcast about social media, you might have a lot of responsibilities or you might have kids, you might have pets, you might have two jobs, you know, you, you're, you're not going to be able to jump into somebody's middle and you don't know what kind of support they have. Maybe they have the luxury of being able to to work all day and they don't they don't need to support themselves financially so they can hustle their way through through things. But then uh, you know, you might not have that luxury. So it's important to find balance within your craft and how you do things, what works for you. And uh, try not to try to take these uh, these influencers or, or people you follow, try to take their advice with a grain of salt, you know? Yeah, totally. And this episode, I think, does relate very well to uh, our second episode, which was how social media influences your witchcraft or your practice. We also talked about just more mundane practices, too. But, yeah, talking about... Um, uh, the the pressure that you put on yourself like and I can jump back to like my practice how you said when you're first starting out you're getting your footing I was taking everything so seriously um, and I think that kind of comes with a lot of things when people are first starting out like you've got that energy and that ambition because you 
discovered this new thing and you're really into it and you want to learn as much as you possibly can when you're first starting out. And I find it kind of, after a while, you you let things kind of flow a little bit more. You try to balance out that thing with the rest of the stuff that's going on in your life. And obviously things come up which are unpredictable that affect that too. But yeah, like when it comes to balancing out your practice, you can let go of some of that guilt that you put on yourself for not doing the thing if you need to take a break. So I shared a little bit about my practice and when I was starting out and the burnout that I felt. And Ethan, did you have anything to add? I think it's pretty common for everyone to experience burnout at one point or another, especially when you're starting out. It's uh, it's easy to get swept up in the culture of things and, and forget about yourself, right? You're, you're more focused on figuring your stuff out, learning new skills, um, learning new things and, and getting right into it. And you want to be good at it, um, but you forget that you need to take time to take care of yourself. And that definitely happened to me more than a few times, uh, especially in, when I was starting out in design, because as you know, I like to make my life a hundred times harder than it has to be. <laughs> and straight out of school, I started a, um, a sole proprietorship with design. So I was working exclusively for myself with clients, doing contracts and retainer fees and stuff. While at the same time, I was still really learning how to do all that stuff. So I had a ton of accounts that I was following. I had podcasts that I was listening to. I had books that I was reading and newsletters and articles. And I was just constantly consuming the content because I thought, you know, I had to do this to be good and to get good. And this is what everybody else is doing that's successful. And I wasn't taking time to, you know, take care of myself or have fun or experience things. And what ended up happening was like the first two years I had, after school, I moved to Vancouver. And for the first two years in Vancouver, I did not do anything in Vancouver. <laughs> I literally just worked. That's all I did. I worked and I studied and um, I, to be honest, I regret it because there's so many things that I look back that happened, you know, like I did go out a couple times, but there's so many events and things that I wish I had gone out and done and seen. It probably would have inspired my design more than these podcasts <laughs> and social media accounts that I follow. And yeah, I, I burnt out and I had like a mini meltdown. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to keep my business going, pay my bills. And um, yeah, luckily I, I was able to take a bit of a vacation and, and reset. Uh, but yeah, I think too, um, one thing that I wanted to bring up in the podcast was uh, paying attention to the signs of burnout, like noticing when you start to burn out what do you look for? What, what are your red flags? Anything that jumps out to you, Sarah? Yeah, so I can totally relate to what you said. And like for context, too, if you haven't listened to our other episode, Ethan and I uh, went to the same college. So we have a similar education in what we studied. So that was graphic design, marketing, photography, uh, stuff along those lines. And so we actually both moved uh, pretty well right after school was done after we graduated and so we both moved to British Columbia <laughs> he went south I went north and um, yeah I I relate to that too what you said about not actually doing any work um, where you lived because I had a whole bunch of people that I was working with in a whole different province so working with different people's schedules was a challenge as well. And that actually led to a lot of my burnout too, um, because there would be a lot of nothing going on during the day. And then I would get requests kind of around 
supper time. And then I would push myself to work probably until 12 or 1 in the morning, like several days a week. And I was doing that for a really long time. And it was so bad for me. <laughs> I would I would not sleep in either. I would get up pretty early. So I was just like completely draining myself of all my energy. And uh, you and I talked before we started recording this, but how much coffee um, and caffeine I was consuming too was just phenomenal. <laughs> not <laughs> not in a good way either. No. Um, but yeah, no, and it, oh man. It started just like totally weighing on me. Yeah, and I remember a while back too when you were um, you were talking to me about that, and you went on. You had to go on a caffeine cleanse. I did. I remember you you quit coffee for what was it two weeks? Uh, it was a while. I had heart palpitations, so that is a sign, folks, of maybe needing to not do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's a major major sign you you don't, start to notice that to your that yeah if your health is starting to take a toll <laughs> maybe uh slow down yeah and like it's it's funny because we can look back at those times and say oh yeah I was so foolish what was I doing and right now like I feel like I'm in the middle of a burnout and I'm just like trying to like collect the pieces of like me that I've neglected <laughs> so it's funny it's it it goes in cycles it feels and you can always look back at yourself at other situations where you're burnt out and be like oh yeah no wonder I felt like shit and then you could literally be in one as you're remembering that <laughs> it's a little <laughs> ironic yeah you're just sitting there. Oh, I I think I remember feeling like this once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It's a, like haunting feeling a little bit. Yeah, but you were gonna get into um, kind of. I think you said um, actually noticing when you're getting burnt out. Did you want to get into that? So, Sarah, is there any particular moment when you started to notice that you were burning out? Like, were there any signs, any red flags for you? Are you asking me about recently? I mean, recently, in the past. But I mean, what comes to mind? Um, well, I think a big one is always my sleep. Um, for sure. Because I, I love staying up late and just being awake and doing whatever I'm doing when the world is asleep. It just feels like a quieter time to like focus on whatever it is I want to do, especially if it's something creative. So I love being awake really late into the night. Um, my body, on the other hand, does not super love it because no matter what, our dogs wake up at around like five in the morning and my wife gets up at, yeah, same time, five, because we work out in the morning. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> no matter what, no matter how late I stay up, 5 a.m., so uh my sleep is the first one usually to go if I'm kind of getting into bad habits and bad cycles and routines. Um, and then the other one to go really, really quick is my food, what I eat. Um, because I will start supplementing a lot of my diet with just like sweet, sugary, carby foods because I'm, because my, sleep is taking a dive and then I have to like pump myself up with energy so I'll have like two three coffees a day and then I'll be like eating all of these sugary foods that just like give me spikes and then I just like crash like multiple times a day so those are my big signs for when I'm getting burnt out totally <laughs> <laughs> totally and caffeine's a big one I mean that's do I have a problem with caffeine? Yes, we I have a problem with caffeine. <laughs> but it, it's a good sign. Like if you're if you're crunching energy drinks and you're making like two, three pots of coffee a day, you might want to take a step back and go, oh, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing is too, like um, 
I've never really like uh, paid attention to it until I think this year, like your recommended intake of things. Um, so the one that I'm specifically getting at is sugar. Um, and surprisingly, I was really shocked to find out that it's, it's so low. Um, and I now throughout the day, I'm like, oh, if I have this, this and this, I'm like going to be way over what is what is like a good healthy amount of sugar to consume in a day so that's actually really interesting to have learned over the past little while yeah nutrition is a huge huge hill to climb uh, once you start learning it like even yeah and you're like a nutrition buff aren't you oh yeah like uh i'm the kind of guy so i have my my workout schedule i have my 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 macros that i track so i track all the food that i eat um which is insane because it's it's so much work but if you want to get buff it's uh (laughs) you know you gotta watch what you're putting in your body it's not just about cutting things out like uh like keeping it your carbs low and, and your and stuff like that but also the like intake of of essential nutrients and proteins and your vitamins and all the stuff that makes your body go uh yeah it's a lot it's a lot to take in it's a lot to learn um yeah if if you start paying attention you don't have to go overboard like i do you don't have to track everything but just pay attention to to the ingredients in your food i'd say try to eat whole foods and eat less things out of the box let me no. jump in right there <laughs> because this is a lot of the stuff I've been doing in the last week is actually trying to like familiarize myself with um, uh, like what nutrients my body needs. And I think like the best thing I've heard, and I've probably heard it t- t- like tons of times before, but it really just like grabbed hold of me this time. And it was to shop the perimeter of your grocery store rather than all the individual aisles because the perimeter is where you're going to find, like you said, I think your whole foods, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your fruits, your vegetables, your meats, and then also bread. Bread is on the outside aisle. (laughs) Bread is not my friend. It is not your friend, but it is there. (laughs) It is there. But yeah. um, Yeah. So when it comes to like food and stuff, food is a big one because it like Ethan said it makes your body go it's really important um to be able to familiarize yourself with with what your body needs because that's your vessel that you're moving through your day with and it's gonna have a great impact on how well you're doing so you said something interesting Sarah you exercise at 5 a.m uh I do yes (laughs) wow and um I know a lot of people um, are shocked when we're we're like, oh, hey, it's seven o'clock. It's time to like wind down for bed uh, because we are waking up at 430 in the morning to be ready for five. Um, but yeah, we work out in kind of like we have like a extra room. So we just use it as a rec room, workout room. And uh, what's helped is that my wife gets up at Well, she gets up early anyways to go to work. So she actually has to leave the house to go do something. Whereas I work from home. So if she's not getting up, I, my motivation is a lot less. um, It's it's not as much there, but yeah, so that really helps. And then also we're kind of uh, tied to also hosting that workout area for one of my wife's coworkers. So if we're not awake and she comes over, we're kind of just jerks (laughs) to not be awake. So that's actually really helped. Um, But I know that that's not a possible situation for other people um, to just have friends coming over to your house at like five in the morning. Um, But actually having like a workout regime, because I don't super love going to the gym. I've never felt really comfortable in gyms. Um, so there are workout programs that there's one that we paid for that I followed and it was the best one that I've ever 
followed. It wasn't a free one. But there's lots of really good free ones on YouTube, especially since um, COVID started, because people are sharing more of what they're doing online. And there's been so many people uploading videos for like yoga or stretching or home workouts. So there's so many that you can find on there. And uh, it took us a while to find some people that we like too, and kind of the workouts that they did. So kind of, if you're wanting to start working out from home, definitely browse around for a while. Don't get discouraged if you don't find somebody that you like right away and kind of what they offer. I'd say too, don't worry about um, like weights or equipment. Uh, it, well, especially since the pandemic, you know, weights have gone up to $2 a pound, which is a lot. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. But there's lots of, uh, there's lots of body weight stuff that you can do. Like personally, I, I prefer body weight exercises and uh, I follow, um, I follow calisthenics. So there's a lot, there's lots of, that stuff out there too if you want like there's um the uh cali movement um i just bought a program called fit which has been going pretty good actually it started off really really easy and then it slowly works works up and it's good for like the there's three levels and the first level is 12 12 weeks long so yeah there's lots of stuff out there um, if you want to buy it. I think I paid 35 bucks for that program, which is a great deal for, for a workout program. Yeah, but, um, I find that they're pretty reasonable um, what people are looking for for money when they uh, put these programs out. I have maybe an unconventional one. Yeah, what is it? Tell me. Uh, actually going for blood work. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, I don't know. Maybe it's unconventional, but um, yeah, I found out I have an iron deficiency, which is really, really important to um, not fall too far into with your health. But yeah, I found that out by going for blood work that I was um, lacking in iron in my diet. So even going for blood work, if you have the capability and you don't have a fear of needles, it is another way to kind of be like, okay, what state is my body at? What is it lacking? What does it need? Yeah, that could definitely contribute to burnout for sure. I mean, iron deficiency will always make you tired. I mean, that's yes. one, of the, one of the key signs of iron deficiency is fatigue, right? It sure also, is. Also a key sign of burnout. <laughs> yes. So, so um, yeah. yeah, so definitely important um, and something to consider if you do find yourself if you're even like doing all the things the healthy things and you're still feeling like it's just not doing it for you maybe go for blood work get yourself checked out and just see see what's going on and the stuff that you can't readily see on the surface yep go get that checkup <laughs> yeah as good as apples a day are Except for Red Delicious. Don't go over Red Delicious. Man, so much hate for the Red Delicious. I know. So far, we've got sleep, diet, and exercise. It's all really key points in maintaining or preventing burnout. Um, do you think there's anything else that uh, maybe your, your witchy community can do to help prevent burnout in their craft? Yeah, definitely. So something that keeps popping up for me and probably a lot of other people have seen it if they're in these online witchy spaces is the term like low energy witchcraft. And so what I keep seeing uh, floating around is lists for things that are kind of more, I guess, witchy focused or like spirituality focused that are still very um, mundane things, life things, but they've still kind of got that element of, you know, you're, you're doing them, but at the same time, maybe you're connecting with your spirituality. So I think they're really helpful um, and they're really cool lists to go through if you come across any of them. They're really nice ideas to have on hand, maybe even if you... Um, 
if you're thinking that you're just kind of feeling burnt out lately with your craft and you want to do something, maybe you go find one of these lists or maybe you print out or write down these things and kind of just like pull them from a hat, see, see what comes up and see if you feel like doing it. Um, because I know that when I go and find these lists for myself, when I go and find these lists or if I see them, <laughs> I see them as a giant list of things that I could do. And my brain is like, well, that's a lot of stuff to do. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so my, <laughs> brain, my, my, my brain itself is like, yeah, okay. Like these are really good ideas. And at the same time, I think they're a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> they're a lot of work. Probably, probably just because it looks almost like a to-do list. A lot of the times that I see them, maybe my, uh, and they just don't appeal to me. Um, but I think that they're really helpful for people too, for getting ideas of things that they can do um, when they're just not really feeling it, but they still want to connect to their spirituality. So you can look them up. Low energy witchcraft. Pinterest is a great place to find them for sure. Um, but yeah, that's something that if you're feeling like you need to take a little step back and a break and just let things settle down with your practice. Maybe you've been going really hard for a while and you just need to like settle down, reassess what you're doing. These can be some really good things to look into. Uh, Sarah, you just mentioned something that gave me a thought about something that I find very mentally fatiguing that I think really you don't consider until you think about it but you mentioned uh looking for low energy witchcraft ideas on pinterest and it reminded me of the mental to-do list that you keep for your online spaces like your social media um your email whatever but it's that little little to-do list that creeps up in the back of your head and you don't even think about it as a to-do list but it's like you, know, you got to check your notifications you gotta answer your messages you gotta look at posts you gotta make posts and that can all be very mentally fatiguing especially if you have a lot of accounts or or platforms that you're active on what do you think oh absolutely like the first thing that i think of is um just yeah like feeling like you're I don't know about you, but like when it comes to Instagram and some of these things, I feel like my brain just goes on autopilot and it's like it knows what buttons to press to give me the dopamine hit that I need to like check those things and then like clear them off my list, basically. Like, you know, you get rid of your little red, I don't know, <laughs> I can't even think of what's on Instagram. Yeah, um, your little red notifications or whatever, your bells or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's it's totally um, something that takes up your your mental space, um, just something that's in your head that you you think you need to do um, to just like clear it out. But then it, it's always refilling, of course. Um, and actually, the thing that it reminds me of, too, um, which was something that I was dealing with a while ago is I do a lot of work on my computer and I had gotten to the point where my desktop was completely full of file folders and photos and it was just an absolute mess. And so every single day that I would open my computer to work, not only was I so stressed that I couldn't find things very well, because I'm terrible at naming files, let's be honest. I go like final one, final two, final three, final four. But um. Yeah. So like getting onto this space, even to like start my day, it was so stressful because I had just like let this thing run away on me. And uh, yeah, it, it did not contribute very well to my mental health when I was trying to do my work because it was always there in the back being an issue. So that was not fun. So then the other thing that I had talked about the other day too, I made a post about it, was that I had been working on clearing out my digital spaces. So this was like social media, especially. Um, 
and that is clearing out uh, accounts that I follow or people that I follow. Yeah, I find that it's really, really easy, especially as somebody that really appreciates visuals and photographs and stuff to just accumulate a whole bunch of accounts on Instagram and like lock them in my follower or following and just keep them there. <laughs> I almost get like a like a buffalo bill like <laughs> that's what's coming up in my mind right now. I just like keep them in a hole where I can check on them whenever I want to and they just live there and they take up space in my mind and I know that they're there and I can go check on them whenever I want. But like are they really contributing to my life? So I think it's a good thing to ask that question. Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying on that. I mean, having so many accounts to follow and so many things to keep track of, it's it's a lot mentally. Yeah, totally. And um, like for cleaning up accounts, like just clearing your space online, I think it definitely helps clear your mental space. At least I've found that it has. The big thing that I found this spring was that I had spent so much time collecting all these accounts and I was collecting a lot of people's voices and their beliefs. And I had to take a step back and be like, okay, wait, um, do I believe the same things as this person? And am I just incorporating them in without actually considering if I align with them? So that's been a big thing with clearing out my accounts that I follow is are they are they contributing in a way that I like I also like being challenged I like having my beliefs challenged so it's kind of like a uh, a balance but there's definitely accounts that I have followed where I'm like all right this is not really doing it for me and instead of just keeping them around because they have pretty visuals I have to be like okay I'm sorry I have to vote you off the island you're gone like you're not you're not helping the situation yeah, I I could see how that could be mentally taxing. I, um, what that makes me think of is is as a designer, if you follow too many niches, and you kind of get pulled in all these different directions, and you're not, you know, it, it's just a lot to try to jump from one focus to another, from one thing to another, and that that can be taxing mentally. And it's good. It's good to clean up those spaces, you know, become this sounds bad, but making social media more efficient, your browsing more efficient, you know, you cut out, you trim the fat and, you know, you just have a couple things that you follow or a few, or a few accounts that you need to check on. It will take up less of your day. It'll take up less of your mental space. Ultimately, you'll be less fatigued by your phone. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, another thing too with Instagram is maybe you really like the posts that somebody posts, but maybe not so much their stories. You can actually, if you're in the main bar and you hold down on somebody's story, you can mute their story and you can unmute it whenever you want. But if they're not posting things that are really jiving with you, but you really like their content otherwise, that's also another option. Like there are options to kind of like regulate what's going on when you actually do go into these digital spaces. And another thing that I did for myself was I set a reminder. You can do it through Instagram, through the settings, and you can set a reminder, or I guess more like an alert of how much time you've spent on the app and you can set it uh, to whatever you personally want it to be. So I have an alert that comes up on my screen and flashes that says you've been on Instagram for this amount of time today. And it's just like a nice, it like, I find it's really easy to get lost in how much time is spent on these digital spaces. So actually having that and knowing that it's going to pop up at some time, I'm actually more considerate of what I'm doing on the apps when I'm actually on them. So I think that's been really good too. I was going to say, you should start a segment called Mundane Tips because I did not know that Instagram 
had an alert system on it, you know, other yeah. than notifications. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things you can do to um, pay attention to the time that you're spending on the app. So we were going to wrap up this episode with some of our own ideas and ways that we manage burnout and kind of what we can do for for ourselves. Um, and maybe if you find something in here that inspires you to make some changes, then that's awesome. The first one that I wanted to talk about that I've really been into lately because I've been taking kind of a step back from my practice um, is just finding sacredness in the mundane. And this is such a shameless plug. Pretty much this whole episode is about um, mundane, magical things. So sorry, guys. But uh, uh, Ethan, you and I had been talking a couple little calls ago or something about even the way that you make coffee it's very like slow and intentional and very much so not the way that I make coffee I just like throw an instant Keurig thing in my machine in the morning and just like stumble through the kitchen and just like <laughs> it's it's not pretty it's not very uh graceful it's just like the need to get that coffee in my body. So I really liked what you were saying about how you use your French press and it's just like very intentional and you kind of make it like a ritual. Yeah. Um, those of you who don't know, I really like coffee <laughs> and <laughs> I would totally say I have a problem with it. But um <laughs> I've kind of gotten to this point where I I enjoy coffee and I enjoy the experience of coffee. It's not just about consuming it. I I really like to um, take time in like picking out the coffee that I that I drink. So I I grind the beans and I use the French press and I know you know how coarse I like it, how long I like it to steep for, um, the the types of coffees that I'll buy for it. And it's almost like my own little ritual. And I find it just, it helps me. It's it's relaxing. And I actually drink less coffee because it takes longer to make, you know, versus when I visit my parents for a holiday and they just throw the pot on and there's like 10 cups of water in the pot and you just <laughs> consume the whole thing. You know, it's it's just there and it's easy. It's easy to make. It's easy to consume. But when you have like this limited amount in a small press and it takes time to make, you're almost like too lazy to make a second press because <laughs> you have to <laughs> clean it out and everything. But no, it's um, the whole act of, of making it has become kind of a, a relaxing little ritual for me. And it lets me pause and it gets me focused on something else and gives my brain a break from, I don't know, daily life. I really love that because, yeah, you have to put focus into actually making it. And I thought that was really cool because I thought about the way that I make coffee in my Keurig, which is so instant. It's like I need this now. I need it in my body. And it's so easy to just like put that cup of coffee on and then like like you said, consume more than you actually need. Yeah. Or maybe what <laughs> maybe what's good for you, I should say. You might really want it and you might really need it. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that's actually, it reminds me too of uh, something that I really like to do. And that's um, washing my face and my hair. Um, I really like to make it like an intentional process. And I used to really get carried away in like going over what was going on in the day, either whether that was in the morning things that I had to do next after washing my face, like getting ready for work and all that stuff or at night and everything that had happened during the day. And I found that once I started like actually focusing on the process of like intentionally, like washing my face and my hair and like just being in that moment and even just like giving myself like kind compliments while I'm doing it. Like I actually feel better about, 
my skin complexion, which I've always had a problem with, and just my hair and the way that I feel like in my body after I do those things. So that's really become like a ritual, which is, I don't know, you could call it magical, you could call it mundane, but it's important to me to feel that way, especially after, after doing it. Totally. I, I think it's a good way to, to decompress as well, having little personal rituals. Yeah, absolutely. And like another one that I really um, have started paying attention to is <laughs> I'm not great at sticking to a schedule when it comes to watering my plants. So I always know when I'm getting to the point where I'm not really taking care of myself well, I notice it in my plants because I'm just kind of neglecting myself and therefore neglecting my plants. Um, so I'll spend time talking to them and <laughs> bringing them back to life, essentially. Um, and that's that's another just like small thing, but it's it's done with intention instead of just like throwing half of my water bottle water in a plant because I know that it's kind of like wilting. So yeah, small stuff. It's about the small stuff. <laughs> it is. But when it comes to routines, I would just say, try different things out. Um, don't feel like you have to stick to one and also take into account your life situation because it's going to be different for people with kids, with different working schedules, how you, I guess, manage your household with your spouse too, depending on like what they do as well. Or yeah, just other life responsibilities and activities for sure. So uh, there's definitely things that I have tried that I have not stuck to, but it's been interesting seeing what I like to incorporate and what I kind of just push off to the side after a while of trying it. <laughs> so I'll usually try something for a while, whether that's like night journaling or morning journaling, and maybe I'll stick to it for a while, try something else, come back to it, just kind of like playing with what works for me um, when it comes to my morning and night routine. Yeah, you're not a robot. So I mean, <laughs> don't try to don't think that if you're not doing something consistently over a period of years, you know, like you're not hitting it every night or every day that you're, you're not succeeding. Um, it's good to take little breaks. It's good to do other things. Sometimes you can always revisit that stuff and figure out what works, what doesn't, you know, you might have uh, a cycle of routines that you go through. Yeah, absolutely. Please don't ever feel like you have to stick to one thing. And that's where a lot of my guilt came from when I was not spending as much time um, practicing. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not taking myself seriously. And then like that just spiraled out of control. I was like, oh no, I've got to do all the things. I've got to do all the meditations. I have to do all the tarot pulls. I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> I can do what I want to do. And I legitimize my own practice. It's not anybody else's. And I think a lot of people might be able to relate to that. At least I'm hoping you can. Everybody can relate to that. <laughs> Whether it's magical or mundane. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Oh, hey, Sarah. Feel like we got a lot of good points here about burnout. I think we covered a broad list of things, but uh, for for my own ineptness, maybe we should go over them. <laughs> Just for you. <laughs> Just for me. Just, Just for uh, remind me what we talked about here. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about well, we started off on sleep. Um, so definitely, if you're feeling like you're starting to get burnt out, go back to your sleep. Go back to your, your basic thing that helps you recharge. And that will also help regulate your circadian rhythm, um, which is something interesting to look into. And of course, your life situation will affect your ability to do some of those things, depending, especially if you work night shifts. But take a look at it. 
it's interesting to um, explore and learn more about. Um, we also talked about nutrition. So through your food, and we didn't mention it, but your vitamins as well. So what does your body need to go to do the things, you know, keeping the vessel that you're in healthy to then be able to move throughout your day and just keeping it in a healthy, optimal state. We also talked about exercise. So getting into a some sort of routine with that. Um, and especially right now, we talked about how it's possible to find a lot of resources and inexpensive resources online, especially during the pandemic. A lot of people are able to work out from their homes. You don't need fancy equipment. If you think you do, you do not. Nope. And <laughs> if you're just getting started too, if it's been something that you haven't had a good relationship with for a while, definitely look into low impact exercises because they can be helpful if you're just starting out and you can't push your body as hard when you're just starting. So whether that's um, walking or yoga, look into stuff like that and definitely check out YouTube for some free videos on exercise, which is just using your, your body weight as the weights. Yeah, I just want to point out too quick for the uh, the exercise part. And you're looking online. Try to find um, try to find people who have more of a, a scientific background in, in exercise, and uh, who really emphasize the importance of quality uh, quality reps or quality exercises over quantity. Uh, I think that's a really good point too when you're looking for free resources because there's a lot. Um, but yeah, don't, don't feel like you need to, to push all the weight <laughs> and get into this really heavy routine. Like even just incorporating walking into your day is really, really good. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and for myself, I am not motivated to do hour long workouts every single day. It just completely makes me not want to work out. So I do 20 minutes of a day. And I can actually follow that consistent, consistently because it's not like overwhelming what I'm comfortable with. So find something that works for you because not everything is going to work for everybody. And try not to feel discouraged if you're starting out and you're having trouble finding what works for you. Just keep at it. So the last one that I wanted to bring up too is therapy. So even if you're doing all the things, you're doing the, the sleep, the nutrition, the exercise, or one or two of the things, and trying to get your life back on track when you're feeling burnt out. It is never shameful to seek therapy if you're still struggling. Like, when it comes to life, it's going to definitely ebb and flow. Sometimes they're going to be easier than others. And maybe you'll be dealing with unexpected things in life. But therapy can be a really good option. And at the same time, as I say that, I know that therapy can be very expensive. And there are options that are inexpensive, which you can do online. And I have linked them in the show notes. So I put together a document with several different online uh, therapy and counseling resources. So definitely check those out if you're having a hard time dealing with everything that's going on in the world right now and even just your personal well-being day-to-day. Yeah, don't be afraid to reach out. Find somebody to talk to. Absolutely. As much as you think you can do on your own, sometimes you need a little help and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, thanks, Sarah. I think it's been really helpful to talk about burnout and to put my own my own thoughts on it into perspective and kind of look back at at uh, you know how can I notice if I'm burning out? What are my signs and what can I do to get myself back on track and uh, and balance out a bit more in my day to day?
Yeah, and I really enjoyed hearing your points too. There were things in there that you mentioned that I hadn't even considered. So I really like hearing your perspective on these things too. And I think other people do too. I think we bring it we bring it back around pretty well between the magical and the mundane, between between the both of us. So thanks for the conversation today and thank you for everybody that has stuck around for this episode. <laughs>